Welcome back to Football on the 40. This week, we have a lot of reactions to get through following the 2019 loss to Bama. That said, we must look forward and see if this Texas team can keep the momentum rolling against the University of Texas at San Antonio, especially in light of numerous injuries. Ever heard of Charles Wright? You're about to. I'm Jake Robinson. Joining me are Bowen Kai, Andrew Harris, and Kevin Mathis. Football on the 40 is produced by Hamilton Lizer. Before we get into what will probably be vast overreactions to Saturday's game, we were all together for the first time in a while. How did our Saturday go as a whole? Yeah, you know, everything, all things considered, it was pretty great weekend. I mean, I don't think any of us necessarily believe in emotional victories or moral victories, but it's about, a, about as best as we can hope for, right? So it was pretty good. Um, it was also my wife's birthday this weekend, and it was on Saturday. So obviously great vibes from that and took, cooked a, a huge, huge batch of breakfast tacos for Jake's hot dog party on Saturday and got to see a lot of old friends, um, you know, all of us being at one place at the same time in a long time. So can't, can't really complain about that. And the field performance was good. Still room for improvement, but pretty, pretty satisfactory. I would say, Kev, what do you think? Agreed. Um, I had a great time at Jake's hot dog party for those listening, Bowen, Jake, and myself started the day. What time was it around seven? You guys were already cooking with Bowen's brother. When I got there, we cooked, roughly 120 breakfast tacos and uh, six hot dogs, just to check that box <laughs> for the namesake that is Jake's Hot Dog Party. Um, felt like about 50 people were there at one time, um, but we knew it was gonna be an early game and we were prepared to get as much tailgating in as we could early. Um, I had a great time seeing some people I hadn't in a while. And yeah, I can't wait to, just talk about the game day experience in the stadium. That was incredible. You're right, Bowen. No moral victories, but um, I may break that rule on on this recording and and claim one because I was very pleased with the way we <laughs> performed. But yeah, the vibe in the stadium was just was just incredible. I thought our fans were really supportive of the team despite the outcome. Um, lots to talk about, but all around great experience. Andrew, how did it go for you? Uh, well, one, I'm a little upset because y'all took the group picture went after I left to go to the game. <laughs> well, you came late and you left early. When were we supposed to take it? When I was kidding. there, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, no, I, I did leave early. Um, there were, we had to go get some sunscreen, and I don't know. I still got sunburned, so it didn't even really help, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Jake's hot dog party was great. Breakfast tacos were great. I was skeptical that y'all were going to crack like 250 eggs, but y'all did it. I'm proud mm -hmm. of y'all. Um, I don't know. I don't know how y'all did it, but you know, uh, it was, they were great breakfast tacos. I got to say. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> it was a, it was a fun day for sure. From beginning to end, my day started about 5.00 AM um, is when I got out of bed. Um, but there was also a lot of excitement around college football on Saturday. You know, we we lost, but we're coming out of that feeling decent. A&M lost to App State. 
Baylor lost to BYU in overtime. Notre Dame, who everyone thought looked good against Ohio State, dropped to Marshall. So a lot was going on. Um, and, heck, Kansas is number one in the Big 12 right now, the only team at 1-0 and in the conference. What do we think about that? I mean – Rock chalk. <laughs> oh, R- man. R- remind, uh, remind us of your bet about Kansas's win total this season, Jake. <laughs> oh, yeah. This isn't betting corner. But I did, uh, I did take under two and a half for Kansas, um, under two and a half wins, which I felt confident in until they beat West Virginia. So I think, I think my new prediction is um, Lance Leipold will not be finishing the season at Kansas. He's going to be the new Nebraska head coach. Whoa. <laughs> wow. He Man, is the front runner. Uh, well, well, it's Kansas. Like, does he really need to finish the season? They're not going to a bowl game. They could. They're 2-0. I'm struggling to find four more wins on their schedule. But anyway, I, I, could, be very, <laughs> I could be very, very wrong. Um, but yeah, no, it was the, a fun day. The A&M loss, let's take 30 seconds to go through that was not that we were leaving the stadium feeling bad, but that really, uh, kind of put the icing on the cake for me. Uh, that game, I felt like the score was a lot closer than it should have been because they had a late kickoff return, but seeing Aggie fans, you know, head to the, head to the exits before that ended was was pretty fantastic yeah it was uh, it was just it's always great to see AM lose it's always it's funny when they lose to a team that they perceive they're going to beat but uh want to ask y'all what was more embarrassing that loss or the clip of the midnight yell oh my uh, gosh yeah that was <laughs> that was so did y'all see that today and i did when this podcast comes out there were like some DMCA takedowns of like this midnight yell practice where basically like the yell leaders were calling the app state team like hillbillies. So it was like, <laughs> it was the most, they were like wearing overalls. It was the most bizarre. I mean, very, very prime AM, but it was, uh, it was, uh, it was pretty, pretty perfect for us, I think. But yeah, there was, they were doing all those copyright takedowns, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say, you could probably tell from at least Jake and myself's voice that, you know, it was, it was a great time at the stadium this past weekend as well. Would be remiss <clears> to mention that. It's not y'all's, it's not y'all's speakers. It's, 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 it's very the much our voice. Yeah. We're, we're, <laughs> did y'all, did y'all we leave with your shirts on? Uh, uh, <laughs> left the game with our shirts on. Um, Backstory, before the game started, a few of us said, if we're beating Bama in the fourth quarter, we're taking our shirts off. And sure enough, we were beating Bama at the start of the fourth quarter, so we did take our shirts off briefly. We put them back on quickly when we realized it was hurting us more than helping, and nobody wanted to see us without a shirt. So um, it was it was more for the moment. We put it right back on. Everything was good. Y'all got uh, the picture. That's we all did. that matters. Before, before we move into recapping, and I guess this is kind of the transition into our recap as well. Um, following our loss to Bama, um, Texas did enter the AP top 25 as number 21. We're the number 21 team in the nation. Um, that's the first time a team has moved from unranked to ranked in the AP poll since 1997. So the 
we'll get into this moral victory argument here in a minute. Clearly, the voters in the AP poll believe in moral victories because that is a very, very rare thing to happen. Um, Alabama also lost their number one spot to Georgia, which probably should have been number one anyway, since they were the reigning national champions. Um, somehow AM did stay in at 24. But yeah, so let, let's move on. Let's move into our recap of the game. What were some of the you know biggest takeaways that y'all had? Um, let, let's start with you, Kev. Yeah, so I wanted to ask everyone to comment on um, Quinn going down in the first quarter. Uh, for those of you watching, obviously he was he was hit after throwing. It was a roughing the passer penalty against Alabama, and uh, to the fans in the stands, it looked like a left shoulder injury, which I think it it's left sternum. But um, what did, what did y'all think about how he was playing before he went down? And and I guess what's your outlook for offense? You know, going forward with him being out, I think four to six weeks. I think he was balling. He was. I think there was like one or two incompletions. I think it was. Um, but man, he was just slinging it out there. He felt so comfortable, especially compared to the week before, where it was, you know, I guess more of a vanilla offense. But playbook seemed like it was pretty wide open, and he was comfortable, and it, they were really clicking. I mean, there are tons of tweets that y'all probably seen this week around like before he got out. Like it was like the fourth most yarded yards Saban has allowed in like the first quarter ever or something. I mean, it would. What if is so, such a tough, tough thing to grapple with, with with Texas and Bama specifically. But you know, I think it was a, uh, um, yeah, it could have been, it could have been interesting as far as like what the offense will look like afterwards. I don't know. I think against UTSA, I'm not too concerned. I feel like we'll probably start to see a lot more wildcat formations, more two back, maybe three back sets, um, but. I have confidence in Mr. Wright. We'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm disappointed for Quinn because uh, although he was balling out, really he had only played about four and a half quarters of, you know, football in his college career. So to suffer a, an injury right, that, right then as he was getting his bearings and starting to get really confident, I think it, it poses a risk to him kind of developing in his freshman season. So I'm just bummed at the, that he's missing out on an opportunity to take more snaps under center and get more experience. Um, what about the, the officiating in general and the, the safety debacle? Andrew, what did you think of the Big 12 crew? Um, that- not, you know, our friend Blake, he uh, has a nickname for the head ref. Uh, he calls them spectacles and uh, – he clearly needed some better spectacles because there are some missed calls out there. Bama had 16 penalties, which I think that was the most in Saban's era at Alabama, most since 2002 for Alabama. So that's 20 years. Um, yeah, and honestly, Bama could have been called for like five, five more penalties. It is what it is. I don't think any of us here are in the camp of um, if a ref a ref decides a game. So um, you just kind of have to take it. It sucks. Um, we we blew other chances in the game. It wasn't completely a ref's fault, but um, they didn't make it easy for us. But that is what it is. Uh, usually the team that's superior kind of gets the calls. And it's like in the NBA too, like the superstar athletes get the calls. And just this is kind of how it is in life. But 
a wall. Um, but yeah, it's just, it is what it is. Yeah. A lot of people, I, I listen to a lot of college sports broadly, um, less about like Texas honing in a lot. So I listen to like some broad spectrum broadcasts and stuff. And everyone's talking about the game obviously today because it was the biggest game of the weekend but every single segment that they talk about texas bama they are talking about that safety and and it's not like should it have been a safety or should it have i mean it is but it's also it was an obscure play that brought in like eight different rules and and everyone is confused it doesn't make any sense and apparently it took seven to ten minutes for them to review it and then when he did explain it everyone was even more confused but I mean, that was one play. Ultimately, Bama did not score, and we did the next drive. So, I mean, two points is important, but also missing a field goal from less than the length of an extra point is pretty bad. Um, Also, you know, people brought up the holding, the lack of a holding call right there at the end where Bryce Young got away on that play right at the end that sealed the deal. But also that was a missed tackle. So it's like, yeah bad calls but we had a lot of opportunities we were clearly played better in that game yeah and let's talk about the good stuff and I guess we could start on defense I was dumbfounded that we were able to stop their run I think at one point in the game we forced Bama to punt five times in a row um, after struggling against the run last year so much like what do we attribute that to is that uh, Gary Patterson is it the the strategy coming into the game. Like I felt like we were allocating more people to defend against the run early on. But if, if you look at uh, the, the box score, Alabama's yard per rush is 6.7 yards. But if you take out the 81 yard touchdown rush, we held them to 3.5 yards per attempt, which is crazy. Like where did that defense come from? (laughs) That's a good question, Kev. Uh, you know, for as many times that we fired Coach Pete, um, uh, PK last year, I think we have to admit that we got to rehire him um, this week. He, you know, Gary Gary Patterson, I, I definitely think he influenced um, the planning and stuff. But once it comes to game day, he's not making calls. He's not the one. He's just there on the sidelines. So, it ultimately lands on PK's shoulders and you have to give credit where credit's due. And he was a really good defensive coordinator for all those years at Washington. And he had a terrible year last year, but I mean, so far this season with Louisiana Monroe, which that doesn't mean anything, but especially with Bama, he has proven himself to be a really good defensive coordinator. More than anything on the defensive note, it gives me, more confidence about Sark and the coaching staff in general. If you remember about Sark's uh, press conferences last week before this game, he mentioned that their their plan defensively and for the whole game pretty much was locked in about three months before the season started. So they spent quite a bit of time over the summer scouting Bama and solidifying that plan and makes gives me the the, the warm and fuzzies to to just see that plan work out on the field. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to briefly talk about the experience inside DKR. Um, just about the I mean, everyone 
is talking about how loud it was, how crazy of an environment it was. Will Anderson said it was the the um, defensive star for Bama, said it was the loudest game he's ever played in, um, and he's played in a national championship. Um, just – I don't think that I've ever heard DKR that loud. Maybe Notre Dame, maybe LSU is up there with it, but ultimately, like, even just leaving your seats, it felt like we were in the concourse at the Red River Rivalry or something. It was just – next level also we did break the all-time record over 105,000 people were in the stadium which is about like almost 2,000 more than LSU so maybe the south end zone expansion really did uh add some seats it was it was also it was also the first time since they've switched the student seating to like the general admission that they filled capacity in student section and in the overflow section so I saw some tweets that they were actually turning students away that didn't get there in time because it was so, so at capacity, which was, I mean, kind of bummer for those students that probably had to, you know, clean up at the tailgate or were just running late from Ubers or something. But like, so cool just to see that experience. Like kids were like camping out the night before. I mean, that's, I'm, I'm super jealous. Yeah, right. I think that was, oh, yeah. that was definitely the loudest I've, I've seen. it. I think maybe as students, there have been louder ones like near us, like proximity wise, but overall i would say from a decibel perspective or just from a aggregate like it was yeah definitely the loudest i've seen and that that experience starts with the students actually yeah. behind laurel and i there were two alpha fees and we turned around early in the game and kind of were like politely like what are y'all doing here because it wasn't the student section <laughs> and they told us that they heard about other peers or friends plans to camp out before the game and when they heard that, they bought tickets. So they had they each had two tickets to the game, one which they knew they didn't have to get up at 4 a.m. to get into the stadium, which was on the alumni side. And I'm sure there were other instances of that with actual students, student ticket holders, like buying alumni seats just so they could get in. But credit to them. It was amazing. I mean, we talked about that safety play, but I've rewatched that a couple of times on Twitter just to see the Texas players reaction and listen to the crowd. And it was, it was so cool. Like that's, that's why we root for the horns, man. That's why we go to those college football games. Like that's, that's the experience we've, we've been missing out on for, for a little while here. It's all about the missed calls. That's what we live for. <laughs> but it was, that it was, it was a nice reversal from like last week's episode where we were talking about the country club, kind of casual fans that we I kind of we had to kind of put up with um so it's trending up it's trending up we just got to make sure we continue that um going into UTSA funny funny quick story so it was hot as heck in our in our section and a guy goes out to get you know beer and water like everybody else he comes back with an entire bag of ice like a 10 pound bag of ice <laughs> and I have no idea how he acquired this bag of ice. I guess he paid for it. He got and... it from the concession lockers that are like four concessions only. Yeah. Yes. But he, <laughs> he, he convinced them to give him a bag of ice. And whenever we would make a big play, he would hand it around and we would lift it up and down like it was like the Stanley <laughs> Cup. <laughs> that's amazing i was lifting it up and down and and there was a hole in the bottom like spilling cold water on this couple in front of me so i was like i'm so sorry like i just got excited but i'd never seen a, a 10 pound bag of ice in the stands before can't say wow. i have either yeah no i can't say that i have either let <laughs> let let's leave it there guys we gotta we gotta move on and um 
talk a little bit about the upcoming matchup, but I think we all agree that it was a really fun Saturday, really exciting things from our horns. Um, but yeah, uh, we will be back after this short break. This Football on the 40 episode is brought to you by Hospitology. Hospitology is a weekly newsletter written by fellow Longhorn Blake Madden. It covers interesting, not boring stories at the intersection of business and healthcare, like why Amazon bought One Medical, and interesting health tech startups paving the way for the future of healthcare. If you want to get smarter on the crazy world of healthcare, subscribe to Hospitology today at workweek.com forward slash brand forward slash hospitology. And we're back. All right. It's time for us to preview the game between our Longhorns and the Roadrunners from down I-35 in San Antonio. Um, so, yes, the game is in Austin for the third consecutive week. We have a 7 p.m. kickoff once again on Longhorn Network. And we are paying them a lot to come play here. Uh, in fact, we're paying them over a million dollars this year. And over the span of a five game contract, we will be paying them north of $8.3 million. So, you know, it's a lot of money to pay, to pay uh, the, the literal little brother school in the, the UT <laughs> system to drive up 35 to play you when you're only an 11 point favorite. So that's a little concerning, but yeah, what let's, uh, let's get into the injuries to start. Some more, some more bad news, Andy. What is our injury report? Yeah. Well, first, I I think when we originally scheduled the games, I don't <laughs> I don't think we ever envisioned UTSA being eleven point dogs. So um, that's credit to their program and just kind of the state of where injuries are right now with us. Um, so starting off, obviously, Quinn's hurt. Um, Hudson Card was gimpy um, in the second half. Uh, that was evident on his like 20 yard run. Um, Bijan, his shoulder is acting up. Deshaun Jameson, he twisted his ankle when he probably should have made a pick on that play in the second quarter. Um, and he didn't return to the game. So we got a lot of injuries. It looks like uh, I, I'd be surprised if Quinn plays this weekend, even though Sark said. Um, he's day to day. Um, Hudson, I, I hope he plays this weekend, but I don't want him to play if he's going to risk, uh, further injury. So that brings us to Charles, Wright. Um, Kevin one time referred to him as Charles wrong after his first spring game. Um, a little rude, Kev. He was, he was only a freshman. Wow, that's a throwback. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Same. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we, um, uh, Charles, Wright. He, it looks like he, there's a decent, a good chance that we will see him on Saturday. Um, I don't know for how long and if he does play, I hope he plays well, but, uh, do y'all have any, any background on him? No, but I mean, well, yes, but first we'll have a question because Malik Murphy, our third or fourth string quarterback is also apparently not healthy. So what happens if Charles Wright goes on? Do we even have a walk on? Do we have a fifth string quarterback? Ben Ballard. Walk <laughs> no. on. Is, is he a walk on? Yeah, yeah, he is a walk on. Sark hey. is not likely to let him play. I think there's <laughs> more chance. Right. There's more chance of us seeing Roshan running wild. Oh, okay. Ben Ballard coming in the game, but we do have another quarterback that will be suited up 
just, yeah. just I was just curious about that. Yeah, I think at the very at the very worst, Hudson will be suited up to be an emergency quarterback if if he can't give it a go. So, so just for a little bit of background on Charles Wright, um, I believe he's a sophomore. He is uh, from Austin. He played at Austin High. He's six one, and uh, was a three star recruit coming out of high school. So he's not. Um, he's not nobody. He was actually committed to Iowa State before he decommitted and reaffiliated or committed to U- UT. Um, so it's a little bit encouraging that a program that we have some respect for was recruiting and liked Charles. Um, but yeah, he, he has seen hardly any playing time. I think he played a little bit during the ULM game, but I don't remember anything flashy from him then. So um, he's not nobody. I think he outranks Colt McCoy's recruiting status. So hopefully <laughs> he can get it done if he if he has some serious playtime. I wonder if he's the most famous alumnus of uh, Austin High since Django Walker. <laughs> Good question. I, I, I highly <laughs> doubt that. Austin High is a big school and it's downtown Austin. So I could probably find you some alumni. <laughs> <laughs> but during that time frame, <laughs> who knows? But yeah, hopefully, if he does play, I, I, I hope he plays well. But so, yeah, Kev, do you have a more uh, insight on our opponent this weekend? Yes, on the UTSA side of things, I'll quickly give some background on their program, which is fairly new. They've only been playing football since 2011. Um, I remember graduating high school in San Marcos in 2012. They were coming onto the San Marcos High School campus to recruit players to play in this program. And my high school was terrible at football. So they have come quite a long way in just over 10 years. They're currently coached by Jeff Trailer, who has a 20 and eight record at UTSA um, in three seasons there. They've played two games so far this season. Uh, one against Houston and one against Army last week. Both of these games went to overtime. Uh, UTSA lost to Houston and beat Army last week. So um, they're led by a senior quarterback, Frank Harris, um, who's currently leading the team in both passing and rushing yards. Um, They're a pass-heavy team. They, for context, the Horns are about 50-50 in percentages on passing and run plays and UTSA passes on almost 60% of their downs. So uh, look for them to spread us out and test our defensive backs. Um, I think that'll be a good test this weekend because Tech is gonna do that even more so the following week. So I think it'll be a great test for our secondary against UTSA. They have really good receivers too. They do, they do. So I've wrote down here their top three And each of these guys has quite a bit of playing experience. Number four, Zakari Franklin, who's 6'1 and had 12 touchdowns last season. Again, some context. That's the same amount of touchdowns as Xavier Worthy in his outstanding freshman year. Uh, There's also number two, Joshua Cephas, and number one, DeCorian Clark. These guys are both 6'3", so they have plenty of length and speed uh, to throw to in a variety of down situations. Uh, Just a few other notes here on their offense. They're currently averaging 476 yards per game, and that's 100 more yards per game than us. Of course, they didn't play Bama in week two, 
and they're averaging 38 points per game. So uh, look out for the over on this one, potentially. The last thing I want to say is I want to circle back to Jeff Trailer because I've joked about this guy potentially being the next UT head coach. Um, I listened to some interviews of him uh, yesterday and today just to get a feel for his background a little bit. He seems like an amazing coach. Um, he was born and raised in East, East Texas in Gilmer, which is a town of about 4,000 people. Um, Gilmer's notable uh, person is, is Don Henley, who the, was the lead singer of the Eagles, was born there. But Jeff, before he started coaching in college, actually spent about 14 or 15 years as the high school head coach at Gilmer High. And he seems to just have a great feel for the state. He commented on an interview that I listened to with him earlier that he generally just roots for every team in Texas. And he was actually pulling for us last week against Bama. Um, but he, he's a guy that I'm watching out for to potentially take jobs like the open Nebraska job or, you know, the open Texas job, hopefully not for another 10 years, but he would be a good candidate. Um, but he, he's really got some amazing coaching chops. He has a great culture on the UTSA team. Uh, they don't really have captains. All the players with single digit numbers are the leader, the leaders of the team. And that's a big deal for UTSA to wear a single digit number. So, um, it's not a bad team that's coming to Austin. The million dollar gamble is certainly a gamble, Jake. Um, yeah, and I can't wait I, to watch him. I'm nervous about it. I like, I think y'all are a little less nervous, but I mean, the injuries definite. I was nervous about this game before the season started. I watched UTSA play last year beating army army has one of the, one of the most down to earth and like well-liked coaches in all of college football and to beat army week two after almost beating Houston week one. I mean, I'm nervous. I, I think, I think UTSA is a probably a, the equivalent of a mid-level power five team right now. Low, I think like so. not low, but mid-level power five team. I think it's similar to the Louisiana game last year. If y'all remember Louisiana yeah. won the rest of their games after losing to us last year. And yeah. we took the game very seriously and we won by like 20 points. But if we if we take this lightly, which I don't think we will, but um, we also are not going to have Quinn most likely. But um, if we but if we do take this lightly, if we don't take this seriously, UTSA is definitely a type of team that can beat us. I got to give one more shout out. So there is a graduate assistant coach on the UTSA team who we all know, he, we know him from college. He was a walk-on uh, running back at UT, actually, until he graduated a year ago. Tim Yoder um, is an assistant coach on this team. So keep your, keep your ear out for Tim. He'll probably be a head coach someday. Interesting. But, Interesting. I had no idea. I don't know if y'all knew that. that, but Tim Yoder, he's graduate assistant last year and this year, um, sticking around with Coach Trailer. All right, guys, uh, we're going to uh, take a, another break and then we'll be into the betting corner after that. So we'll be right back. Welcome back. Next up, we have betting corner. So it was a pretty good week for most of us on the podcast. Texas covered, uh, which most of us had. Um, the under hit for the game as well. It's very close to the money line straight up win, but you know, 
it is what it is, as you've, as you've heard on other segments today. Uh, weekly standings, Jake, with a really outstanding showing this week, came in first for the week. Yours Let's go. Came, came in second. Andy routing up. Andy rounding out the medal stand in third and Kevin in fourth overall standings. I'm in first Jake in second, Andy in third and Kevin in last Kevin talk to me first week in the red. How is this affecting your mental going into week three? It's, it's not good. I can tell you that I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. (laughs) I took the, I put a lot of units on the over on the Texas Alabama game. I didn't see a defensive matchup coming and was blindsided by that, but enjoyed watching it in the stands. So, yeah, ashamed is a good word. I'm going to bring it back this week, though. Um, blind hope, because I, I I don't feel great about any of my bets this week, but I'm just hoping to get lucky because this is embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, like you, like you should be embarrassed after all of your hyping up how you were the best last season with your negative <laughs> a million units and and all of that. You didn't, you didn't even, you didn't even give me a Lou Holtz quote to like propel you into the lead this week. Like I did. I'm trying to motivate myself here. I'm worried about me, you know, just, I just just don't want to finish last. Just quit now. (laughs) Just crumble now. (laughs) Nice. Nice. All right. Well, looking ahead to this week, um, Texas versus UTSA. I think the line opened around Texas minus 14, which means, we are expected to win by around 14 points, but has now since dropped to Texas minus 11, at least the sports book that we're on. So if you want to bet on Texas to win, that means you'll think that we'll win by at least 12 points. And if you bet on UTSA, then they just can't, they just need to lose by less than 11. The over under is a little lower for our game at 58 and a half. There will probably be some movement later on in the week as the quarterback picture becomes a bit more clear, Um, but that's currently what it looks like. And then um, UTSA money line I included. It's about, it's a little over three to one. So plus three twenty five, $1 bet will get you $3 back. If, if UTSA wins straight up. Um, So yeah, anyone we'll start with this game. Um, Does anyone like anything from either Texas or the UTSA side, Jake, we'll start with you and then we'll move elsewhere around the league. I, I do like the under, I know Kevin was already kind of hyping the over earlier and the under is um, much lower than it's been the last two weeks, but I'm, you know, I'm not going to say he's Charles wrong. I think he's Charles, right. But I am like a little nervous about our offensive scoring abilities also defense looked good last week 50 58 and a half 59 points still sounds like a lot to me so i'm gonna put two units on the under and i hate betting the under <laughs> it's not fun jake uh, i think i'm gonna surprise some people here um i don't know if the rest of y'all are gonna touch the covering or, te- or touch uh texas covering at all um but I think we surprised some people this week. I think we kind of rallied the troops around uh, Charles Wright or Hudson, and I'm going to put one unit on Texas covering. Bold, bold. With that's the why injuries, I put one unit on it. Yeah, <laughs> with the injuries, I I'm struggling with that one. 
Um, I am pretty confident that we're going to win this game. So I'm going to go four units on money line for Texas. Um, and I feel indifferent about over under and, and the line, but I just can't see us losing this one. So four units on, on the money line. He's just trying to like stay in the green. Yeah. <laughs> money line is not going to win you much. Like Isn't that the goal for all gamblers? I mean, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Um, for myself on this game, I, I'm tailing Andy. I have some confidence in Texas as well. Um, I'm putting three units on Texas covering the 11, and that's a bet that's primarily based in the system. I think the system that Sark has created and PK and GP have built up. I think we have the talent. So I'm putting three units on us on, on, on us covering the 11 against UTSA. All righty. Anything else on the Texas game? That's it okay. for me. Cool. So I'll move elsewhere around the league. Um, there are more games this week or more notable games this week um, than, than there were last week. I'll just call out just a couple of them. Um, Nebraska, Oklahoma is playing at Nebraska. Right now, Oklahoma is only favored by 15, which seems kind of low for me, given the coaching situation in Nebraska and how high-powered the Oklahoma offense has been. Although, to be fair, the Nebraska offense has looked pretty good under Casey as well. Um, and then Miami at AM. Right now, AM is favored by almost a touchdown, minus 6.5. So that's not a ton of respect on, on Miami, I'd say. But, yeah, anything – Y'all like y'all liking around the league, Jake. I guess we can start with you. Um, for yeah, the I'll, I'll go first. I got a few that I like. I agree with you on that Oklahoma Nebraska game, but it, but that is the ultimate Vegas trap. When in the line opened, I think at like eleven, like Oklahoma was only favored by eleven. It's already moved to fifteen. It's probably going to continue moving as the week goes on. Vegas sees something that nobody else sees, which means Nebraska is probably going to perform well in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I'm going to take Oklahoma (laughs) (laughs) minus 15 for two units. Um, I think the players will be playing hard, um, just for the memory of (laughs) former, their former head coach, but Scott Frost, but, uh, yeah, no Oklahoma for two units. I also want to go out West BYU and Baylor. I think Baylor's a good, a very good football team and to, for BYU to have no respect and Oregon to be favored there. Um, I want BYU on the money line for two units. They, I believe they're uh, four-point underdogs, three- or four-point underdogs. So I want them on the money line. They're going to win outright. And then um, I I bet on Michigan last week. Um, to, I took the points against Hawaii and won that bet because they gave me like 52. But UConn is absolute trash at football, like way worse than Hawaii. And Michigan's only 46 and a half point favorite. So I'm taking Michigan again for two units to cover the 46 and a half this week. Wow. Nice. <laughs> UConn is horrible. That that is the the betting slate for someone that watches college football, that listens to college football radio. That is for sure. <laughs> well, yeah. well diversified <laughs> slate of bets right there. Yeah, what, I can assure what? you nobody is talking about Michigan UConn. <laughs> yeah Andy do I'm you want to go next 
Yeah, sure. I, I don't know if UConn is way worse than, than Hawaii. Hawaii is pretty bad, but I know UConn's not been very good either, um, especially the last couple of years. So I just uh, just wanted to say I totally disagree with you on the Nebraska bet. Um, Nebraska has been really good offensively this year. OU struggled to score points uh, the whole first half against Kent State. Um, they only scored – they scored a touchdown with like 30 seconds left in the first half. And if they didn't, they were going to be shut out by Kent state at home. Um, and they turned it on, but I just don't see, I don't see OU just dominating and pulling away in this game. So I'm going to take Nebraska uh, covering for two units. Um, LSU plays Mississippi state at home. Um, we, I think we all watched the Florida state game. Um, they didn't look very good, but they bounced back this, uh, previous weekend. Um, and I just think LSU, uh, has too much talent and I, I just think they're, they're going to pull out a victory against Mississippi state. So I'm going to do LSU money line for three units. And then the team from the big 12 that I think has looked really impressive, but no one's talking about is Kansas state. And, uh, they beat Missouri 40 to 12 last weekend. They played Tulane this weekend, and I I don't know much about Tulane, but I feel like Missouri would probably beat them. So um, I'm going to – but Kansas State's only uh, favored by 15. So I, I'm going to say Kansas State's going to cover for four units. Solid lineup. I've got uh, two more to add to my Texas money line bet. I'm going to take Miami covering versus A&M. A&M – obviously struggled last week but their their offense is is terrible um <laughs> so th they may win but i'm not not really high on the aggies right now miami cover there for two units and then andrew you've convinced me on the nebraska game also knowing casey thompson as well as we do he's got some veteran leadership although he hasn't been in the program long um, i'm also going to take nebraska to cover for two units and that's it for my slate this week. Did y'all not see they lost to Georgia Southern? Yeah, but they also scored and Northwestern. 42 points. It gets Georgia Southern. Yeah, but I just don't – I don't think OU's offense is as good as people think that, that Interesting. it is. Interesting. I, I mean, Casey with you. But. If Casey doesn't throw picks, I think that's a cover. They're playing at home. Yeah. In Nebraska, even though they struggled with – Scott Frost last year, I mean, in previous years too, but last year especially, best 3-9 team in the country. They're, the reason why they were called that is they played teams really close. They just never won their games. So and they I, always pack the stands. I mean, you have good points. I just – it's hard for me to do that. That's fine. We'll, Bowen, we'll, see, we'll see who's Bowen, victory uh, after this. <clears throat> yeah. I, I mean, I hope you're right, and I hope Nebraska wins outright. Don't get me wrong. But – um, but yeah, Bowen, I actually had one more. I was just going to throw out there. I think tech NC right. state's an interesting matchup. I do think tech plus nine and a half is a lot of points. So I'm going to take tech winning in the shootout for two units. Um, not, not money line. Just give me the 10 points. <laughs> and then what do you have, Bo? Awesome. I think, you know, I'm feeling pretty good where I'm at. So it's going to be a light week for me. That being said, I will get another bet out there. Two units on our friends from ULM covering 49 against Alabama. 
we're wow. gonna see how that, that's not really based in any anything that i really saw out on the field 49 is just kind of a high number and you know i just feel like it's kind of a, a narrative bet so we'll, we'll give me something to cheer for Jeez. i love it <laughs> you know how angry nick Saban is right now there's no I way know. They're going to win 70 to nothing. <laughs> yeah. So oh, that's that'll, amazing. That'll be, that'll be you, fun. Get, get, Got to give y'all a chance to, you know, catch back up with me. You know? can, I, can, I, I throw, I, can I throw a unit on Alabama covering just for just because? Sure, that's <laughs> Please. Yeah, 49 and a half doesn't sound like very much in that game. We've seen both teams. Yeah. All, All right, right Bo, you got it. any other I'll ones? Nope, that's it for me. Awesome. Okay, we're going to move on into our final segment, which is our mailbag segment. As a reminder, you can submit your questions, comments, likes, dislikes, or just general hatred toward us in the mailbag on, uh, there's a link in our Spotify account, as well as our bio on our Instagram at football on the 40. I'm going to hand it back over to Bowen. I believe we have a mailbag or two this week. Yep. Thanks, Jake. All right, so our first one is from Kevin Yeager. He says, some are saying Texas's loss to Alabama was worse than AM's loss to App State. Hearing rumblings that this will solidify AM's position in being the best college football program in the state of Texas, do the boys care to refute? Love the show. This is just to get us the comment. <laughs> those those people air quotes are would have to be Aggies. Thank no, you Aggies wouldn't even say that. <laughs> Thank you for the support, Kevin. Kevin's my golf buddy. Um, he's recently cured a slice and is absolutely annihilating the ball now. He's gained like 30 yards of distance in six months. So shout out to you, Kev. Also, we've got a lot of Kevins commenting in our mailbag, and I love that. Yeah, but this that. is this is not the case, Kevin. Uh, AM is not the best team in Texas. I'm not sure who it is, but but it's not AM. It might be UTSA. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Too soon. All right. Kevin, um, Kevin, okay. yeah. Yeah, thank thank you, Kevin. I'm I'm proud of your golf swing. I think you need to spend some more time on the golf course because that's a terrible take. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, and our last mailbag is from Garrett Goldstone. He says, can we talk about how hype the pod's intro guitar riff is? Gets me absolutely amped every time. And as we all know, any good athlete has a fire walk-up song. And y'all nailed it. It's nearly impossible to not crack open a crispy one as I sit down to listen each week. Anyway, loving the pod, dudes. Cheers from Philly. Wow. Thanks, Garrett. We got to put that on a t-shirt or something or get that blasted yeah. on like every, every billboard out there. That's, <laughs> that's some heartwarming feedback. Sure. <laughs> we literally Googled free music and then I think searched <laughs> hard rock. <laughs> we can tweet out the link of that free sound clip. <laughs> there you go. Agreed though. We needed to set the tone with something, something, you know, eye popping yeah for sure talking about intros though i don't know if y'all notice this but i'm not a fan of the new intro for texas coming onto the field what was it i missed it oh yeah we actually it's hell's bells by acdc which is i think it's great but they allow the song to go on for too long 
it just kind of you kind of lose the the greatness of the song with with them like going into the like lyrical aspect of it like i think they need to cut it at like 30 seconds but they let let it go for like a minute and a half and it just kind of i don't know it it wasn't as amped up as i liked it to be gotcha thanks for the feedback garrett yep thanks for this mailbag submissions that's all we got this week yeah thank you all and uh please send more mailbags in those were both pretty fun that brings us to the very end of this podcast. We appreciate you all for listening. We hope you um, have a great time watching our horns, hopefully beat the Roadrunners, and uh, come back and listen to us again next week. We will be back every Thursday. We will catch you on the next Football on the 40. Hook them. <laughs>